Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's a podcast about the nanny, the hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with... Victoria Sheffield. That's right. And this week we are discussing season four, episode 12, Danny's dead and who's got the will. It's the one in which Danny dies. (laughs) I I was going to say, before we discuss anything, could you figure out what this title is a reference to? Because I could not. It seems like it's got to be in reference to something. Danny's dead and who's got the will? Yeah, no, I don't know. Okay, listeners, we're, we're calling on our army of amazing listeners. If you guys oh, know, let I us know. I thought you had the answer and you were just going to like – No, I couldn't figure it out. Surprise me with it. Oh, you really don't know? I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, I I thought about it and then – well, at first I was like maybe there's no connection um, at all. No, because, who's got the will is is a – I mean it makes no sense unless it's a reference to something. I guess. I uh, well <laughs> – I don't know. Well, but as you were saying this is the episode, yes, where Fran's ex-fiance, Danny yeah. Imperiali, dies, which I found yes. shocking. And also, um, at the same time, Mr. Sheffield's grandma, Eloise, is coming for a visit. And Mr. Sheffield is afraid that she will disinherit him if she doesn't like Fran. And these two very seemingly unrelated things become related. Yeah, I mean, really, this episode was a means to get Fran into a place of, like, what happens if I never make this thing with Mr. Sheffield a real thing, and something happens, and then I'm all alone, and I have no rights to the kids or anything, and there's no proof that he ever gave, you know, a crap about me. So she goes on, like, a mini existential crisis in this episode mm-hmm. due to the death of of her ex, Danny. Um, I found this episode to be, frankly, a little all over the place. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, like, there was certain plot devices and the guest star usages that that you didn't need to do in order to get us to this place and could have maybe been done in a more grounded way. Like, I, I don't know. I just thought killing agree. Danny off was so extreme. And then, spoiler alert. We get to meet Heather Biblo. We'll get there. And that the guest star that they cast to play her, I thought, like, kind of missed the mark um, and was more just about getting the guest star on. Um, which, which you know, hey, rate, you know, you got to get those ratings if you want to be a TV show that stays on the air. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure to get, like, very famous people in. But I was like, oh, it disappointed me a little because there was so much buildup to Heather. But we'll get there. Yeah, we we can talk so, about Heather when she shows it because I, yeah. I have some thoughts on that too, and 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 it's no knocks against the actress they cast. I just True. I agree with you. I think, it, yeah. Well, let's all right. Let's so, dive okay. in because this episode is is There's a lot, lot heavy. A lot. Yeah. So okay, so we start off at the in the living room of the mansion, and we find out that Mister Sheffield, per usual, doesn't want Fran in the house for some reason. He's trying to get her out for the weekend, and it turns out it's because his grandmother Eloise is stopping she she like stops by every few years and apparently it's like just to make sure that everything is is exactly to her liking and she does this to like all the family members and if she doesn't like something she'll disinherit them and she's worth 80 million dollars right she's hoarding um, her wealth over everybody this also continues a thread of maxwell living in fear of various family members yes, yes, um, yes. there's i don't I cannot recall a single family member that Maxwell doesn't have some like great fear of. I mean, he's not afraid of his little brother, and that's he kind it. of is though. <laughs> like, well, like when you really issues. dig into it, it's like he's terrified that like 
like he is terrified of like everything his brother represents. And so therefore <laughs> he has all this animosity towards him for no real reason. And so yeah, everything Maxwell does is powered by the fear that his family has instilled in him throughout his entire life. He's there. He's super repressed. He's super repressed. And so is the whole family, um, except for Nigel. Um, but so uh, at first Fran is, you know, she's upset and she's, she's like, you know, you, you're, I'm not going to embarrass you, blah, blah, blah. And she convinces him to let her stay. Um, so that kind of sets up, you know, major plot point of the episode. Which, and so which I wrote kind of a wasted teaser because we get this whole teaser that's all about Maxwell trying to get Fran to leave the house. And like, there's no real, it doesn't really conclude. And then it goes to like the opening credits. And then we come back from the credits and they're like, well, you annoyed me in the time between the credits and the teaser. So I guess you can stay. And it's like, well, then yeah. what was the point of the teaser? You didn't even I, show us the part where she won the argument. It was. Well, I know, but I guess the point was to set up the stakes of the episode, which is don't rock. Okay, Fran, you can stay, but please don't rock the don't boat. Don't piss off grandma. Right. Um, and so in the next Which also scene, wasn't really what the plot of the As we say, it's a classic <laughs> Simpsons episode where something happens and then what actually what the episode's actually about is something completely different. But yeah. so Grandma Eloise arrives and um she instantly says to Niles, she goes, Niles, remember our little chats we used to have where you used to tell me all about your big dreams? Life is so cruel. <laughs> it just is so mean. Um and just as you know, she's settling in and, you know, getting some tea and everything seems to be going okay and like Fran Fran is being normal. Um, Fran gets a call from Sylvia. She takes the call and she runs back into the living room, hysterical. Turns out that Danny Imperiali, her former fiance, is dead. And I wrote, I didn't expect this because like I had actually forgot this was the plot of the episode by the time we got here because of all the Grandma Eloise stuff that just happened. Uh, but so that brings us to Danny's wake. And it's kind of funny because Fran and Val arrived to, you know, this little house in Queens and there's like an open casket. And Fran is wearing tiger print and she's like, oh, I hope, you know, I'm not dressed inappropriately, but I just felt I really should wear this because Danny always called me his little tiger. And then she looks around and there's like 12 other people in okay. the room all wearing tiger print. Okay. Let's pause for a second. First, I, I hear you about like the, was it necessary to kill Danny of it all? But like, I felt like Danny's been such a minor character throughout this whole show anyway, that like... It didn't really impact me one way or the Like, he could have been dead this whole time, and I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess he died in an episode and I forgot. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out real quick here, because we're talking about the tiger clothes, did you notice in the background of one of the shots, fairly prominently featured, is a dude full-on dressed in tiger print? So, it's interesting you say that. I clocked it. I studied it. It was a lady. If you If, if you watch that person long enough, there's boobs. Does a very tall lady with a masculine haircut. Interesting. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it felt like a dude to me and it felt like a little like, ooh, I wonder if Danny also called that man of his little tiger. No, I, I saw it the same exact thing and I was mm. even going to flag it. And then I, so I kind of kept an eye on that person in the scene and then was like, oh, nope. Just a All real right. tall but, lady with big But also, shoulders. when she meets Harvey later, the gay man who's talking about his secret lover, he's also wearing a tiger print vest underneath his jacket. I know. There's a lot to unpack. I mean, I right. just, listen, let's that's the poll for the week. Audience, were they subtly implying that Danny may have had uh, trysts with men as well? Yeah, as bisexual proclivities or, or pansexual. You know, what was Danny more fluid than maybe? 
uh, the, the 90s felt comfortable explicitly stating, uh, but you know, because this show is so gay coded, um, do, do you guys think that was in there? That's an interesting one. Um, and so while, uh, you know, we see all these people dressed in tiger print and then she's like, oh, Val, look, and there's Heather Biblo. Okay. Heather Biblo played by the iconic Pamela Anderson of international Baywatch fame. Yes. Um, and here's the, here's the thing. Pamela Anderson is actually a great comedic actress. Um, she was totally <laughs> fine in this part. It's just that, you know, that's not who I imagined Heather Biblo would be. And she, you know, she didn't even have, you know, like a queen's accent and, and I just think that like, you know, we kind of, this whole plot line could have been a lot more interesting. Maybe if it, if it was more an episode about like Fran bonding with Heather Biblo after, you know, years of animosity and, and maybe, you know, figuring out how she's feeling about the situation with Mr. Sheffield through that or something. But this was very much like, okay, we're going to have Pamela Anderson in for, uh, 90 seconds and then we can you know advertise it in commercials that pam I, anderson is a I special guest star i completely agree i felt like i mean on the accent front i'm glad they didn't force her to do an accent that she couldn't like pull off in a convincing way and i did think that she actually had some good comedic timing in this episode but uh much like you i agree this is not who you know the um the lore of Heather Biblo has been built up so heavily on this show and Fran and all of the people, you know, certainly Val and, and the other like random people we've kind of met from her, like, you know, home life or, or her youth, you know, they've all been Queens women, you know, so the, the Heather Biblo at all really just didn't track for me. Now I understand wanting to make Heather the antithesis of Fran, like Fran's, you know, Jewy and from Queens and a brunette and Heather's, you know, a, you know, a blonde lady who's not like that. You know, I, I sort of get that, but I feel like they, if they were going to do that, I almost would have preferred them to lean even harder into how much Heather isn't like Fran. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. just felt like, hey, look, we got Pamela Anderson and how, how and that, can we use her? And that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then I also felt because, and, and, you know, I think Pam did a pretty good job in this, but I do also wonder if Pamela's limitations as a comedic actress didn't limit the amount of screen time we got for Heather. Because like you said, I also was like, oh, cool. We're finally going to get the big, you know, Heather Biblo, Fran, uh, uh, you know, square mm -hmm. off in a couple of scenes. We'll, we'll finally get to see the animosity that's built up through all these years kind of pay off and play out in an interesting and funny way. And it kind of doesn't. And mm -hmm. I wonder if that's because they built Heather Biblo up so much that they didn't know what to do with the character or if it's because they got a cool guest star, they decided to use her for this episode, and then they just had to commit to who they had and write to her strengths. Yeah, I think it's probably that. But yeah. well, but then sort of the the real like interesting part of this scene or the thing that kind of makes it significant, it's actually not meeting Heather Biblo. Um, and I'll just breeze over the fact that uh, Fran loses a sandwich in the casket and has to go fishing for it. Yeah, but, it's um, a very funny, very yeah, funny it's scene. it's funny, but it, it's a good bit. But so, but the real, like, I think, you know, essence of this scene is, so Fran ends up talking to this man who's at the funeral and he's clearly like an openly gay guy. And he starts uh, telling her that, you know, he can really kind of relate to, the grieving process. He's like, I lost my partner 
uh, I think it was Bernard, my partner Bernard, six months ago, and he goes on to say something really sad. He's basically like, you know, it's been ter- it's been really awful because his family just doesn't acknowledge that I ever existed. You know, I'm basically persona non grata. And it's like, I'm not acknowledged by all the other people who were important to him because like, you know, he never, he was not out basically. He's not out well, to his family. And, and also then- this was, I mean, kudos to the show for addressing something like this in the time period where they're addressing it. But there, there's also a lot being said here about the fact that, you know, gay marriage was not legal yet. And so this guy Harvey had no recourse for anything. Like that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why he's not being acknowledged and why he's fallen by the wayside. You know, they sort of like coded it in a way that like made sense for for Fran with like, he was keeping it a secret and all that. But I, I think they're also kind of roughly addressing the idea of like, you know, um, if you're not legally bound to someone, you you will not have the privilege of being like their widow when they pass. In so, the eyes like, of I, a lot of I, uh, my note was this: this at first, it do, it is super, super progressive that they're even having a character saying this on live, you know, not live TV, on national TV, and having this conversation. Yeah. But I then was like, oh, it's kind of a bummer because. Fran then sort of selfishly compares her, her situation yes. to his. Yes. And I was like, no, we should acknowledge the fact that there's like an incredibly scary and valid, valid reason why a gay man in 1996 might not come out to his family, <laughs> you know, regardless of the of the marriage contacts. Like it's dangerous and it could like, you know, estrange you. And and, and I was like, Fran is not in a parallel situation, but she kind of like takes it on to be like, oh, that's exactly what Mr. Sheffield's doing to me. Well, you um, know, like, like a lot of the stuff on this show that 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 traffics in 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 uh, you know the gay experience at the time, it seems like they're always very balanced between s- bringing an issue up, addressing it on a national forum on a major network and a primetime time slot but never digging too deep to make it about that issue. They always keep it tied back to whatever the nanny, you know, whatever Fran is dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like they were able to sort of have their cake and eat it too. You know, the show never really becomes... um, Political. Political, yeah. But they do get stuff on the air that people weren't really putting on the air at the time. So I still think credit credit for that credit for even bringing it up honestly mm-hmm. very true very very true um and then so in the next scene fran she goes home and she you know marches into mr sheffield's office and she confronts wait, wait, she him goes about- to see sylvia first doesn't she mm. or is that yeah she goes to see sylvia and she complains to Sylvia, and then she goes back to his office, and that's when she confronts him and quits okay okay well the sylvia scene the sylvia scene was very funny um but I guess I was just steamrolling over because we have so much to get through. But yeah, mm-hmm. she she goes to talk to Sylvia, who is defrosting her um her her, her freezer. So you know she's like has all their food out and she's eating like waffles and ice cream. And um, it's just funny because you know Fran is basically like you know I met this guy at the funeral and you know he told me all this like you know terrible stuff that he's going through and and I just I just am so upset that Mr. Sheffield will not acknowledge what we have and then sylvia sylvia goes oh i just wish that you had what your father and i have and then sylvia looks in the freezer and she sees that the ice cube trays have not been filled up and she literally screams 
what is this? You can't fill a tray, you pots. <laughs> like it was just like so aggressive. But Fran's like, see, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. And yeah, this sort of gives Fran the motivation to be like, all right, I have to go confront Maxwell. Like I, I want this. I want this yes. this life. I want to be his person. And if he's not willing to do it, then I'm putting my foot down. Yeah. So she marches into his office. And this is a huge scene, by the way. A big thing happens here. The Grandma Eloise gets pushed in and out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maxwell finally reveals the thing to Niles. We've been building up to this for 12 episodes this season. That actually comes later. What's after she quits? Yes. Well, yeah. yes, that happens in this yeah. episode, but no, it's not. It's several, it's there's a few scenes in between. Oh, okay. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're similar. They're similar. I can see mm. where you made it. I can see okay. where you, why you thought so. But so Fran marches into Mr. Sheffield's office and she confronts him about this whole thing. And he still refuses to acknowledge that, you know, he said he loved her and took it back and that, you know, he to really engage honestly in his feelings about her. So he's like, she's like, fine, I quit. Uh, and she actually does. Um, and I, I thought, though, that one thing that was really fun about this scene is uh, Grandma Eloise is in this kind of rolling chair. And one thing that they do to keep this scene like kind of visually interesting is they keep running past her, pushing her away and spinning her around as they like fight around her, which was just like, you know, I, I, I think sometimes we take for granted that it's not easy necessarily to keep scenes like energized and have visual things happening during a conversation. And like the nanny is very good at this. And Dorothy Lyman's so good at directing these scenes that like now I do feel like I take them for granted. So I kind of just want to like shout out to her. Right. Yeah. Well, and we, I, I didn't mention Dorothy, Dorothy, of course, directed this episode. And then this one was written by Jane, Jane Hamill, um, who mm. I think has written a couple others. Um, nice. and, okay. and not much else. Well, so Fran, she quits, and then we find we cut to the mall, and we find out she's taken a job at a yeah. makeout counter. Um, and she makeup is- <laughs> makeout counter, a makeup makeup. She's at a kissing booth. <laughs> um, no, it's a makeup counter at you know at a department store. Oh, and see, I was right. The Maxwell no, Niles scene that- happens before this. No, it's right after this. I okay. I just I have it all. Mm-hmm. No, it's so. Mm-hmm. No, Niles doesn't find out until after this scene. Okay. Trust me. Hey, we're literally on the record. Don't you think Fran found a job really fast? 
Well, but then Val even says, she's like, you're so lucky that this job opened up right as you quit. It's very fast. And she <laughs> says that the woman who worked at the department store before her had been, she was an old woman who was shrinking. <laughs> to the point where they had to acknowledge how quickly she finds this job. Well, so fast Fran- enough that Cece doesn't realize Fran's <laughs> not working at the mansion. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, we know how she got this job. Fran literally could have, in a depression, gone to her favorite <clears throat> department store and- yeah then seen a help wanted at and got a job later that day. But so, so it turns out I was, I wrote, she's exactly the kind of employee you would expect. She's gabbing to Val, uh, now fulfilling her responsibilities. And her new boss even says that they have security footage of her just shopping in three different departments and then getting a latte. <laughs> um, and that's when we cut back to the mansion. This is the scene you've been talking about that you've just been so thirsty to get to. I love this scene. I was so excited that this happened. Yeah, so, so much so that you were trying to bend reality to fit your whims. This show does so, so little serialized storytelling that I thought it was such a big deal. They, they paid this off after weeks, <laughs> 12 weeks of, of, of playing this game with Niles and, and Mr. Sheffield. It was so good. So we come back to the mansion and Mr. Sheffield is in his office with Niles. And at first he's just like incredulous that Fran actually quit. He's like, can you believe it? You know, she, she just left and this and that. And then he goes, oh, well, oh, and while he's doing this, um, Niles is like sweeping. He's on, he's on the floor sweeping and dusting the carpet. And then Mr. Sheffield goes, well, you know, I guess, what did I expect? A man can't tell a woman he loves her and then take it back. And then, Niles literally shoots up and he screams, you, what? And right as he says that, Grandma uh, Eloise walks in and he goes, get out, old woman. (laughs) And he's basically like, you, he's like, you're an idiot. Like, I I should kick you in the pants. And he's like, you know, uh, you're going to go march down to that department store and you're going to get her back. And then um, the kids kind of overhear something happening. I don't think they heard the part about like what actually happened between Fran and Maxwell, but they just can tell like the conversation is about getting Fran back. So the kids march in and because Mr. Sheffield's like, you know, you don't tell me what to do. You take orders from me. And then the kids come in and they're like, dad, you march down to that department store and you do whatever you have to do to get Fran back. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And then this was like the best scene in the whole. (laughs) This whole section to me made me wish that this had just been what I would have loved, right? I would have loved an episode that opens with Fran pushed to her limits, Fran quitting. Then I would have loved some scenes of their lives not be like falling apart without her. The kids having issues, building up to the Niles and Mr. Sheffield scene where Niles finally learns about the thing. Then you have the kids come in. Now we've seen like how her not being there has affected them, you know, in, 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 in real ways and be like, dad, you have to get her back. I think that that emotionally would have been a much more satisfying build to then Maxwell showing up at the store to be like, you have to come home. True. Very true. And even though like that would have been like a slightly repeat beat from an episode a few seasons before, I I guess where she goes to live with Val and we see how like empty the house is without her. Like, I still would have enjoyed it. You know, we could have we could have delved into it a little more. Like, you know, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't have know. done the empty beat. I would have done the she's an integral part of our lives. Like, like, like if you had given it a whole episode, you could have had like each kid have like a little problem that like they need Fran to fix and Fran's not there and they don't do it the yeah. right way. You know? And so, well, but this also 
while I agree with you on all those counts, this is like the funniest thing of the Oh yeah, this seems great. Yeah, yeah. Because because then the kids come in and say that, and then Mr. Sheffield's like, okay, okay, I'll, I will. And he goes, children, could you give me a moment alone with Niles? And they leave. And he kicks Niles in the ass, like straight yeah. up just kicks him. And Niles goes, oh, oh, sorry, I forgot that the main lead up to this was um, when the kids run in and they're like, you know, we don't know what you did to Fran, dad. And he goes, oh, I didn't do anything to her. And then Niles goes, bet you wish you did. <laughs> and then they like kind of like go on to the next beat. But so it, after he has asked, uh, Mr. Sheffield has asked the children to leave. He then kicks Niles in the butt. <laughs> and then Niles goes, ow, what was that for? And he goes, it was for kicking me in the pants. And he goes, I didn't kick you. And he goes, bet you wish you did. <laughs> it, was <just> like, <laughs> it was just so like, it was very, very physical. It was very, they were very petty. It was the funniest, like, dynamics of Mr. Sheffield and Niles. Yeah. Um, it was great. So well, so well choreographed. Um, and so, well, then we cut back to the mall where Fran is working. And actually, Cece's there shopping. And this is when she finds out that Fran has been fired. And she instantly heads off to the lingerie section, thinking she can now seduce Mr. Sheffield. Um, but so then Mr. Sheffield shows up at the counter and, you know, He's like, please reconsider, come home. And she's like, but you have to understand why I quit. No one knows how we feel about each other. And then she's like, well, except for Ma and Val, probably the kids. And then a coworker walks by and goes, are you two getting back together? (laughs) And then he's like, you know, he's like, okay. And this was a really, really big moment. He's like, because he says, you know, Miss Fine, I do have feelings for you. That is actually true, but I'm just not ready to shout it from the rooftops yet. Um, and he says he actually, I thought this was actually pretty pointless though. He's like, I, and, I, I had a big problem with this. Yeah. He goes, and I did put my feelings for you in my will. And then I was like, I literally wrote, okay, he's not ready to tell anyone how he feels about her, but he put her in his will. Like no, no, to what that's the thing. I don't even think she's in the will. Just or he put his he, feeling, I yes, love Fran Drescher, in his yes, will. Yes, he just it, wrote. It made he, no sense. He wrote, I told Fran Drescher, or Fran Fine, that I loved her. And I'm like, that sucks. That sucks. It's weird. Sucks. But she's. It's weird. It's weird. She's weirdly. You know, because it's not like he was like, you know, I, I revealed how I feel about you and I'm making sure you're going to be taken care of. Nope. Just, just the words. Um, but so she still seems pleased by this, like inexplicably to the point where she's like, well, you to my son to- Brighton, he gets my, <laughs> my millions and to my beautiful daughters, they get, you know, the other half of my millions and my lawyer, you know, servant Niles is, it gets this. And, oh, and also one time I told uh, my nanny that I loved her. <laughs> I said, you know, for, you know, Niles isn't getting anything from him. <laughs> he's the not, kids will he's- take care of Niles. The kids will take care of Niles. Yeah. I think so. Um, well, Ooh, so that's the pitch for the twist uh, of the reboot. It's the kids have Niles and the dad, and they're super old, and now they're so old that they need a nanny to take care of them. <laughs> oh, God. Love it. Do love it. Um, but so uh, the departments are, though, France is like, oh, Mr. Sheffield, like, you know, you don't have to tell the whole world how you feel about me just yet, but just whispered in my ear just between us and of course you know she's like you know close your eyes and so he closes his eyes and she ends up broadcasting it over the loudspeaker and he's like i love miss fine and cc from somewhere else in the store hears it and literally howls in despair yeah um but so that was like you know the main thrust of the episode and then we cut back to a, a short little scene at the mansion a few days later where yetta and grandma eloise are sitting next to each other and grandma eloise is like 
do you think there's something going on between my grandson and your granddaughter? And yet it goes, what? Are you senile? They have teenage children and they've only been married three years. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the last little button on this episode is another little Heather Biblo, Pamela Anderson moment where they're at the mansion and she's like, oh, Fran, thank you so much for inviting me over. I've been so lonely since Danny died. And she goes, you know, and I just, I can't imagine being with any other man besides him. No sooner does she say that, does Mr. Sheffield walk in and she's like, who is that? And and Fran's like, he's gay, pushes her out the door. (laughs) Mr. Sheffield is then watching Pamela Anderson leave with his like jaw on the floor, like ogling her. And Fran just goes, she's gay. (laughs) And that's the end. Womp womp. Um, uh, The Eloise plotline felt completely wasted to me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it felt like there should have been something in that Yetta Eloise scene to button that plot, but instead it was just like kind of a cute bit. Um, and they had their little stuff, you know, I mean, again, I, it, it was fine, it, but it did fall into the trap of like what everyone did when they cast Pamela Anderson in something, which was like, she's hot. <laughs> like that was the bit. the bit at the end was just like, she's sexy. Yep. <laughs> like there was no, like, I don't know. I, yeah. Agreed. through no fault of Pamela Anderson's I will say too you know yeah, it's like just- she, she was worked with what she was given and I think she did a pretty good job I wish that she had been given more to do um, or you know I, I don't know and I don't know if it's a case of like no one trusts her to be able to be a good actor so they don't give her anything to do or they try to give it to her and she can't pull it off so they take it away or you know I don't know I don't know what it actually is hey, that, let's call that Pamela, up, that. Pamela up right now. Uh, I'll text her. But, yeah, okay. but before then, we should move on to segments. Segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Okay, so I really liked at the beginning of the episode, uh, Fran's talking to Niles, and she's like, what's going on? Something seems weird weird in the house. And he goes, oh, Mr. Sheffield told me to see they see. And then he looks at his watch, and he goes, eh, it's been long enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I also loved the um, Sylvia screaming, what is what is this? You can't fill a tray, you putts, to her husband. That was my line of the episode. That was That was – that was that. And then also when they're at the funeral and Heather Biblo is crying and Fran goes, oh, who would thought she'd be so alone and miserable? And then there's a beat and then her and Val smile silently at each other. Uh, <laughs> those were my two favorite moments. That and the putz thing. I thought that was so good. Um, my other favorite line uh, was um, Mr. Sh- when Mr. Sheffield is like bemoaning to Niles that Fran quit, He he was like – you know, I just, you know, I don't understand it. She, she basically said that, you know, this job's going to lead to nowhere. And Niles, who's literally on his hands and knees sweeping, goes, well, look how I've risen in the company. <laughs> so sarcastic. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, I also liked how at the funeral, someone goes to Fran, um, friend of family, and she goes, former lover. 
Um, oh, and I also really liked how when Fran was at the department store, she was using the loudspeaker to put items on hold. Yeah, I like that. That <laughs> I liked a lot. the worst employee. <laughs> the worst. Um, anything else? Uh, no, those were my two favorites. Those were the standouts for me. I I, I don't know. I, I didn't love this episode, and I felt like a lot of the a lot of the beats fell a little bit flat. I did really like the sandwich in the coffin, but that wasn't really a line so much as a the. Art, a comedic, you know, a good, good comedic direction, physical comedy. Very, you know, I love when they do I Love Lucy style stuff with those two. And, you know, oh, my hand's caught on a zip. My watch is caught on a zipper. I like that whole bit. Yep. Yep. Um, and then for Yiddish, uh, Val goes to Fran, you're such a haza. Or am I saying it right? Hasa? A chaza. Hasa. It yeah. means pig. Yeah. And of course, we got putts, which is sort of just like a bumbling fool. Yep. And trivia, short but sweet, the living room set that's used for Danny's wake is the same living room from All in the Family where Archie Bunker lived. They just decorated. That's fun, really. Mm -hmm. Man, and I looked it up online. You could definitely see how it was like the same sort of like foundation and skeleton, but they did sort of like change the wallpaper and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I, I. The first time I ever worked on a show that was shooting on the um, Warner Brothers lot, um, I was like a PA and they sent me to the props department there. And it was like incredible to me how well categorized and detailed and like they they don't throw away as much as you would think they throw away. Like there's whole sections of like big slabs of, of flats and walls that are labeled like Malcolm in the Middle House or, you know, whatever. Um so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they were like, yeah, we have this like great set, like it's on a stage, we can redress it for however we want to dress it and why throw, you know, why get rid of it? Just mm -hmm. continue to improve it over the years instead of having to rebuild from scratch, you know, all of the, the skeleton of it all. So yep. that's pretty cool. Neat. Yep. I, I would like say it. in general, like everyone probably imagines like, oh, you know, um, TV shows, movies, like Hollywood, it's just like fun, creative. All of that creativity is built on extremely rigorous, organized, detail-oriented people and systems. <laughs> like, like, well, it's the, the, the creativity, the spark of creativity at like the writing stage is completely free and open. But then once you get to any kind of serious production stage, it's like that creativity then gets filtered through a lens of like budget constraints and then the various departments like extreme organization to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch. It is really interesting how you take like this unbridled creativity and then filter it down through a lens of like rigid organization mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> until you um, get a, a finished product. And for the Fran or the CC or whoever you related to, did yeah. you relate to anybody specifically this episode? The relief that Niles felt uh, when he finally, <laughs> finally learned the truth, uh, I related very much to that because there's nothing better than when you suspect something and then it's confirmed to be uh, exactly what you thought. That's I'm a, like a very wonderful curious story. what's going on in your world where this happens to you that that often. I didn't like. Are you I getting mean, a lot of like Chandler, Monica, uh, like friends sneaking around situations? Yeah, don't worry about what my friend group does. <laughs> 
No, I am curious. Like, when has this happened to you where you've been like, I just suspected this so much? Um, it happens all the time. I, I mean, it's not just about like relationship <laughs> stuff, but it, 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 it happens all the time. People, I'm constantly assuming the worst of people and then they're confirming uh, my assumptions. You're, I was just saying you're like, we got a Columbo over here. He's just, mm. you know. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm good, I'm good at sussing out people's dirt. So let that be a warning to everyone. <laughs> clean up. You heard it. You heard it here first, people. Yeah. Clean, clean, clean your backyards because there's no, uh, there's no secrets that can be kept from Sean. No, no stone goes unturned when you're friends um, with me. Meanwhile, I related to Grandma Eleanor because I felt like this woman got such a bad rap. She spent most of the episode being screamed at and abused, and yet she has the reputation for being a terror. And I yeah. was like. I was like, you know, this is how I feel. Like people, like you know, if you'll listen to like friends, my friend group, they just like love to be like, uh, Tori is the worst. Tori brings nothing to the table. <laughs> Tori is a slob, and I'm like, I'm really not. I'm really not. You're all the difficult ones. <laughs> so. um, I mean, you know, this goes back to the problems that I had with this episode. I actually think these would have been two very strong different episodes, and instead we got one sort of okay. A and B plot. Because again, much in the same way I felt that like you could have improved the whole Fran um, chef, uh, Maxwell storyline by sort of making it more grounded in like their relationships and the family. I think the, the Eloise thing, honestly, it could have been three episodes because I think the Eloise thing also could have been its own thing, but we needed to live more with her being cruel to enjoy them taking the piss out of her I to know. then get to some sort of resolution. And the Heather Biblo thing, you know, that also is like, it's been, if that they did this weird thing that they're also doing with Fran's dad, although to a lesser extent, where like they 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 built up the lore of Heather Biblo for so long, but then when we got the payoff of like the Heather Biblo of it all, it didn't really feel like we earned anything because like we don't know anything about this woman, and when we're meeting her, she's nothing like we've been told she was. She's just like sad and like kind of nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it felt like. Uh, you know, a, a, again, an opportunity where I would have almost rather have seen them do an episode where we get Heather Biblo as she's been told to us is she's going to be, and and we lead into something happening to her to to change her in some way, and then finding out like, oh, she's actually like kind of nice. She's just got you know maybe she's jealous of Fran for reasons that Fran doesn't understand or something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So well, that's my two cents on that. I, I should do a whole podcast on on this show. Yeah, God, we should do a podcast on the nanny. <laughs> we should. We have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, and with that, that is an episode. Yes. Uh, you can find us at Oh Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we do have a Gmail, oh Mr. Sheffield at gmail.com, I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, you guys, we you have been so engaged in our Instagram it's, community it's oh, Mr. recently. Sheffield, it's Oh Mr. Sheffield Podcast at gmail.com. Ah, okay. Oh Mr. Sheffield, oh, Mr. Sheffield Podcast at gmail.com. But, yes. And you guys, you've just been so amazing and engaged in re- really building community on Instagram where people are like sharing their thoughts and responding to each other. So keep it up. It's, it's so fun. And it's like a huge part of why we wanted to do this in the first place. People actually are engaging and care and are having fun with us. And like I... I am so excited for feedback on episodes that are, are coming out uh, or have come out recently and, and stuff we have coming up in the future. 
And yeah, thank you for listening. And we love you. And goodbye. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>